G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Scientists tell us there are 100 billion stars in the average galaxy, and there are at least 100 million galaxies in known space. Your Father in Heaven made all of those things. So I think when you have a problem, God can handle it. What kind of challenge has invaded your universe? Pastor Greg Laurie says God can handle it. What an insult to God to not realize His power that He wants to display in your life. This is the day when the lost are found. why the stars glow at night? Now, not the scientific reason, but why did God make them visible to us, even though some are thousands of light years away? Maybe it's a message, if He can create a universe that's bigger than we could ever imagine, or maybe He can solve a problem that's bigger than we can handle. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to look at God's power and His love. They're demonstrated in how He sent His Son to save us from our sin. of years ago, I went to a mental institution. Um, maybe I should explain. I, not as a, uh, as a patient. I was there as a visitor. In fact, I was going to pray for someone that requested a pastor. And so I'm there with a fellow pastor, and we meet a patient in the institution. And my friend says to this guy, have you ever met Jesus Christ personally? And this guy, without missing a beat, turns to me and shakes my hand and says, Jesus, it's good to meet you. <laughs> he thought my friend brought Jesus into the mental institution. But I mean, isn't that what we would all like to do? I, and by the way, coming back to that story, he starts shaking my hand. He says, Jesus, it's good to meet you. I said, no, no, no. My name is Greg. I'm not Jesus. But wouldn't we just love to, to shake his hand? I mean, to actually see him face to face. If you could pick any other time in history to live would you pick 2,000 years ago so you could walk the streets with Jesus and talk to Jesus and hear the voice of Jesus? I mean, think about the impact he has had on the world. More books have been written about Jesus Christ than any other person who's ever lived. I was with my grandson Christopher the other day and I have some old typewriters in my office. They don't work, they're on my shelf. They're more for decoration, but he really was fascinated by it. And so I took it down and I set it in front of him. He just starts typing away like he really knows what he's doing. Clackety, clackety, clack. And so I said, Christopher, are you writing a book? He said, no. I said, uh, well, if you wrote a book, what would you write it about? And he's still typing the whole time, typing, typing. He says, Jesus. 
Well, that's a great answer for a four-year-old. You'd write about Jesus, what would you say? He said, I don't know, and he just kept typing. <laughs> but I love that, that it's in his little heart. I'd write a book about Jesus. More books have been written about him. More songs have been written about Jesus Christ. More art has been produced depicting Christ than any person who has ever lived. You know, I never get tired of talking about Jesus. Do you? No. Do you ever get tired of hearing about Jesus? No. You know, when you come to church, I want to look at something that Jesus said. Oh, no, not Jesus again. No, it's the opposite, right? Oh, yes. I want to know what Jesus has to say. As the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, he said his determined purpose in life in Philippians 3.10 was to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. And by the way, that should be the goal of every Christian to know Jesus, to spend your time learning about Jesus and more to the point, becoming like Jesus. All right, well, let's grab our Bibles and we're gonna turn to the Gospel of John. And the way it begins is amazing because he goes way back before the little town of Bethlehem. He goes way back before Mary and Joseph. He goes way back even before the Garden of Eden. He goes back to the solar system. He goes back to the beginning of the beginning. So that's where we're gonna start. John chapter one, starting in verse one. We'll read verses one to five. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So we'll stop there. Now this is interesting because there's not a definite article before the word beginning. Meaning you cannot pinpoint this moment in time where there was a beginning. <laughs> So really when he says the beginning, we, we don't even know where that starts. But John is taking us back to eternity past, further back than the human mind can imagine. And that brings me to my first point about Jesus. If you're taking notes, uh, and here it is. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. That's a really important thing to understand and believe for a Christian. Jesus is God. Before there was a world, before there was planets, before there was light or darkness, before there was matter, before anything else there was the Godhead and there was Jesus. Jesus Christ, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent with the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Word was with God, the Word was God. And uh, Jesus was and is God. If you don't believe that, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, most cult groups deny the deity of Christ. And when I say deity, I mean his divinity or saying he's God. In fact, if you want to find out where a religious group is at, just cut to the chase and say, who do you think Jesus Christ was? If they say he was a mere messenger or a prophet, are one of many sons of God. That is the wrong answer. The only correct answer is Jesus is the only son of God who lived a perfect, sinless life. He was God in human form. For instance, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe Jesus was God. 
So when you're down at the mall and you see those friendly looking people behind the table and it says JW, they don't believe Jesus is God, you see. And that's a big deal because you cannot have a relationship with the Father if you don't believe this. Jesus himself said, in fact, in John's Gospel, unless you believe that I am a claim to deity, you will die in your sins. A Buddhist believed Jesus was a good teacher, but he was less important in their estimation than the Buddha. Hindus believed that Jesus was one of many incarnations or sons of God. They specifically teach Christ was not the Son of God. He was no more divine than any other man and they also teach Jesus did not die for the sin of humanity. Muslims believe Jesus Christ was only a man. He was a prophet, they will acknowledge, uh, equal to Adam, Noah, or Abraham, all of whom are below Muhammad in importance. Okay? So don't tell me all religions teach the same thing. So when someone says that, it's their way of saying, I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. Seriously. All religions teach the same thing. I, I have a sticker on my car, coexist, okay? It's on my Prius and I'm getting kale for lunch. Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, I'm all for coexisting and I like kale and Priuses get great mileage. But, um, and I want to coexist. You know, I think Christians are the most tolerant people on the face of the earth. You know, we're often described as intolerant, unloving, bigoted. Nothing could be further from the truth. I find the most intolerant people are the ones that talk about tolerance the most. Because they will not tolerate anyone who dares to say, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. They'll accept everything but that. And so that's where the intolerance is. You know, we're tolerant. But at the same time, we have our beliefs based on Scripture and on what Christ Himself said. And so all religions do not teach the same thing. Religions cancel each other out. So you have to pick the one you believe. So glad you've joined us today. This is A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is giving us a perspective on just how great God is as he presents a message from his study in the Gospel of John. It's called How to Not Be Born Again. The Bible teaches that Jesus was the God-man who spoke everything into existence. Uh, Hebrews 1-2 says, He has spoken by His Son by whom He made the world. Now scientists tell us there are 100 billion stars in the average galaxy and there are at least 100 million galaxies in known space. How they come up with this, I have no idea. But as they come up with more powerful telescopes and peer deeper into the solar system, they see more and more and they're finally figuring out God knew what he was talking about when he said that the stars were like the sands of the sea. You know, there was a time historically when they thought they could actually count the stars. One, two, three. Oh, I gotta start over again. One, two, yeah. Well, now we know that's virtually impossible. Einstein believed that we have only scanned with our telescopes one billionth of theoretical space. That means that there is something like 10 octillion stars in space. So what is octillion? Okay, so here's how it works. A thousand thousands is a million, right? 
A thousand millions is a billion. A thousand billions is a trillion. A thousand trillions is a quadrillion. A thousand quadrillions is a quintillion. A thousand quintillions is a sextillion. Has nothing to do with sex, don't get excited. Um, three people just woke up, sex? In stars? Go back to sleep. Okay. <laughs> a thousand sextillions is a septillion, and a thousand septillions is an octillion. So 10 octillions is 10 with 27 zeros. So, say, well, why are you telling us this? Well, if Einstein's right, uh, and there may be more than this even, but let's just say he's right. He's a pretty smart guy. Just remember this, God made it all. You're God. Your Father in heaven made all of those things. So I think when you have a problem, God can handle it. You know, sometimes we'll say, oh, we have this crisis and we've tried everything and all we can do now is <sighs> pray. <laughs> oh, you mean pray to the Almighty God that created all these things? Yeah, I think that's the first thing you ought to be doing what an insult to God to not realize His power that He wants to display in your life. We're told in Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. So we sometimes fail to see how much God loves us and how interested He is. Now, look, if God made all these things and He was just this all-powerful God and He didn't care about me, that would be amazing. But He cares about me. Remember, Jesus was God among us and Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't you love that verse? Fear not, little flock. So first of all, he reminds us that he's our shepherd. Fear not, little flock. He'll take care of you. If you go astray, he'll bring you back again. If you break your leg, he'll mend it for you. And it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not just your shepherd. He's also your king who's in control and he's all-powerful, but then the king who is your shepherd cares about you personally because he says to you, fear not, little flock. Point number three, God who became a man shined his light on humanity. Look at verse four. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. I don't know about you, but before I was a Christian, I thought man was basically good. And that's why I was so confused about life. Because in the 17 years of my life on earth, I'd seen so many bad things. I'd seen things no young boy should ever see. I was exposed to the worst underbelly of people and things they did. And, and I thought, well, if man's basically good, why do people do such awful things? And when I became a Christian and I realized man was not basically good, but he was sinful, everything started making sense, right? And this is clearly what the Bible teaches because despite all of our advances, uh, technological advances, scientific advances, and we can point to all these things, yet how much have we really changed? We've made no progress whatsoever in the basic ills of the human condition, crime, violence, war, injustice, racism. If we would just get back to what God said in His Word and how to live our lives, things would change overnight. 
But we disregard these things. We even mock these things. We even persecute people that believe these things. I'm not saying we do as Christians, but others do in our country. Look at verse five. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The word comprehend can be translated understood or overcome. In other words, those who live in darkness don't get you as a Christian, all right? So you can try to be the nicest Christian person who ever lived. You tip generously. You always have a smile on your face. Uh, when the parking lot is full and there's a space and you're pulling in and someone else wants it, you give them the space. You say, God bless you as they pull in. You pray for them as they go into the mall. You always have a kind thing to say. You, you share your lunch with people. You, you, you just do every nice thing a person could do and you do it in the name of Jesus and people still don't get you. Why? Because the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Now I'm not suggesting we just abandon all these ideas and just go be mean and forget about it. We should seek to be godly, loving, caring people. Listen, if you want to win some, be winsome. <laughs> you know, so be a loving person, be a caring person. But having said all that, there's nothing you can say to help a non-believer figure you out. Because the Bible says the natural man or the non-believing man or woman does not understand the things of God, neither can they know them because they're spiritually discerned. So he said, what do I do? What do you do? He said, keep living a godly life and pray for them. Because one day the light can go on for them. And their eyes are open. Remember when it happened to you? I used to look at Christians like they were crazy people. I thought, why would anybody live that way? Why would anybody act that way? What is wrong with these people? And then one day I just for a moment tried a new thought on for size and the thought was, what if they're right and I'm wrong? What if God can be known? I thought, no, there's no way. I quickly dismissed it. But after a little time examining them more, I thought, I actually think that is true. And then of course when I believed in Jesus, it was true. And then some. But uh, you need to pray for people because the darkness cannot comprehend the light. I know it's hard because, you know, we want people to believe, but there's nothing you're going to do that's going to make them believe. So just keep living your life as a follower of Christ and keep shining that light. And actually it's that very friction that can ultimately result in conversion. Jesus said, you think that I've come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, rather a division and a sword for a man will be divided against the members of his own family. You're going, whoa, 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 whoa. what? Uh, Jesus, I, you know, you have a lamb wrapped around your neck and you're flashing a peace sign. What's this business about a sword and division? That's Jesus. Because when a person believes in Jesus, let's take a family for instance, maybe you're all non-believers. And every Christmas you just get drunk and, and you do it on New Year's and you get together and there are a lot of, you know, off-color jokes and that's your weird, crazy, icky family. <laughs> And then you become a Christian. And in their estimation, you're ruining all their fun. You don't have to say anything. You just show up on Thanksgiving and, and their reaction is, here we go. Here we go. You did nothing. You walked in the room. Here we, here we go. Hey, how's everyone doing? Ah, hypocrite. Fine. Hypocrite. I bought the turkey. Yeah, whatever. Hypocrite. See, it's just a, it's a mindset. And now division is in your family. They'll even say, man, we used to get along and we used to have fun together and now you want to pray before the meal. 
and Jesus this and Jesus that. You've wrecked our family. No, you haven't. This is where the division comes in. It's the division that brings unity. Say, so now I've lost you. I, I don't know what that means. Okay. See, you had kind of this false peace and false unity around evil things, but you came and sort of brought a division and now there's a tension. So that friction continues and time goes by, but then one of your relatives has a crisis. Their child is sick. And guess who they call? Mm -hmm. They don't want the drunks now. They want the Christians. <laughs> uh, would you come down to the hospital and pray for my son? And you say, absolutely. And now their heart begins to soften a little bit. And now they're open. And now they come to church with you. And now they've accepted Christ. Now it's two. It's two of you. And so, yeah, there was a division. But this is the division that brings unity. Now it's three. Now it's four. Oh, watch out. Now the whole family has come to Christ. And it's a whole new life. That's what happens. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out how to let our light shine and encouraging us with what might just happen as a result. Well, next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie returns to this study to reinforce the importance of being genuine in our relationship with the Lord. Hope you can join us next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Not Be Born Again. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-005011 or go to visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.